The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. G'day and welcome to the latest episode of The Print Files, the ANZ Print Industries podcast from Print21. My name is Wayne Robinson, editor of Print21, and this episode of the podcast is the latest in our Smarter Business series, and it's titled Cybersecurity for Printers. In the multimedia online world in which we all now operate, data security has become one of the biggest issues any business faces. We've all heard horror stories of companies being held to ransom, of having their data destroyed or stolen, of invoices being intercepted and bank details falsified. Sadly, it's not just limited to the giant corporations. Any business can be a target for hackers, including any print business. Print businesses, of course, are usually dealing with multiple suppliers online and are also the keepers of what can be highly sensitive data. Everything from the new Harry Potter book to company reports which can't be accessed or shouldn't be accessed before a certain date to winning lottery cards and much more. So what can print businesses do to protect themselves in the face of what seems an increasing number of threats? To discuss these issues, it's a real pleasure to be able to welcome RJ Unai, founder of cybersecurity business Stickman Cyber, Stickman Cyber, and a person who is no stranger to the print industry. I'm welcoming RJ to the podcast as he's also part of the 2020 New South Wales Government Cybersecurity Task Force, a group of experts tasked with accelerating cybersecurity across Australia. RJ, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to say. RJ, let's start. Print businesses, and you've had some experience working in the industry, they're, they're not big business, businesses, they're not multinational meat corporations or, or, or oil corporations. They're typically in the SME sector. Are they potential targets for cybercrimes? And if so, why are they? So I'll start with a quote from the Australian Cybersecurity Centre, which found half of the small to medium businesses rated their understanding of cybersecurity as average or below average and had poor cybersecurity practices. The reason why SMBs and SMEs are targeted, they are, they are the low-hanging fruit for cyber criminals. So whether you're in print or not, if you're a small to medium enterprise, you are a target, right? And that's something what we need to be aware of. What makes it interesting for cyber criminals is two things, right? One, if a print business is, is providing services to a larger business, they would have potentially sensitive data or confidential data which they are getting from a larger business like a bank or an insurance company uh, printing credit card statements or bank statements or insurance statements or, as you said, company annual reports or other kind of sensitive data. That is what makes them interesting for cyber criminals to gain access. Like with Target, when Target had an attack in the US, the criminals got in through the uh, air conditioning contractor's laptop, right? So that's how they, they, they target bigger companies through the smaller ones, right? And, and no one is immune. And the second reason they would try to attack a smaller business is it's quick return on investment. Like I, I say this quite seriously, but many people chuckle. I say criminals also want return on their investment. They're investing time and money to do what? To to make make their living, right? At the end of the day, uh, they, 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 they use that as their, uh, as their mechanism. So what they do is they will attack a print business with, let's say they're two, $3 million in turnover as a small business. 
uh, and hold them for ransom by by encrypting all their uh, servers and desktops and that's when the the small to medium business is then forced to then pay a ransom if they are unable to recover through a backup system or something like that so it's becoming extremely evident and also quite prevalent that small to medium sectors of all types including print uh, businesses are a target yeah that's alarming to hear I mean, it makes obviously makes sense what you say the low hanging fruit but alarming to hear um rj i believe there's four main types of cyber attack aren't there when you break it down the wiper the ransomware the malicious breach and the unintended breach and um, perhaps you could take us through each of those four and explain what they what they actually are what the what does that mean true i always like to compare cyber with uh, the real world uh, so we have heard of a bank being ransacked and completely wiped out so you know every asset inside a bank uh, has been has been has been taken out so similar in the cyber world an attacker can come in and completely you know wipe out all your systems your backups your current production data and everything so that's a wiper kind of an attack uh many people ask me why what's the intent it could be a malicious insider a disgruntled staff or an ex employee or even a contractor for that matter uh who could potentially do such an activity because they would essentially have very easy access to the systems and can do quite a lot of damage right uh the second being ransomware we all know ransom how it works in the real world um a person is taken on ransom or a group of people is taken on ransom and the criminals ask for something in return same thing happens in cyber a criminal gets access to your computer systems installs a ransomware like a spyware or a malware or an ant- or like a virus and that malware can then encrypt all your hard drives your servers and other equipment and give you only access to a window where the person holding you for ransom can have conversations with you and that is a ransomware attack it's crippled hundreds and thousands of small businesses and completely you know some have even gone out of business because of a ransomware attack because they either didn't have the money to pay the person or they ran out of time and now they have tickers in ransomware saying if you don't pay in this 24 hours and the clock is ticking it will automatically delete everything from so it will wipe the whole uh, system out and lock you out forever right the third being malicious breach uh, as the word says malicious so there is a intent there a malicious intent uh, again can be external or internal uh, this breach uh, someone coming and stealing data and exposing that data or selling that data for for money right so so malicious breach is the third kind and then unintended breach i compare unintended breach to negligence it's very high so about 10 years ago uh, every year they we we have these cyber security reports on what types of data breaches happen so negligence costs about 35 to 40% about 10 years ago today it is sitting between 25 and 30% so what is negligence so it's like leaving your front door open right in your home you're leaving your keys to your kingdom you know available so someone used the password like you know admin admin or you know someone wrote their password on on a sticky note and left it there uh, or someone opened a uh, a port on your firewall which didn't have any protection and then the hackers were able to so something happened unintentionally and the hackers saw so it's like uh, 
in the real world the a thief is trying to you know rob a house and he's walking past homes and he sees this home with the door open right it was unintended and then he says well you know that's a nice welcoming you know home and then he you know conducts his crime there same with with uh, with cyber what hackers do is they constantly search networks to see which network they can get into uh, which has been not protected and then they get in and then they launch the attack and you can try this yourself it's not difficult not to do something malicious but to just to prove the point when you go to a shopping mall or or you're on a plane or you're in a, in a in a in a open area just go to your wifi uh, searcher and look for how many wifis are available without any password right you know you can just log into systems right so so that's the first port of call so you want enter and then you you deploy other mechanisms to be able to you know exfiltrate data from those uh, networks yeah there's a, a frightening list of uh, of actions they have with the the wiper the uh, ransomware the malicious breach and the unintended breach with the ransomware rj is there a typical figure that these crooks are looking for when they get in is you know is there a figure that's uh, available to a small business is it a hundred thousand dollars a million dollars what are they typically looking for it's it all varies and like like the real world ransom you can negotiate with these criminals right you know so uh, in fact uh, i won't be surprised maybe there's a service called like how they have negotiators police negotiators in the real world they'll have probably ransomware negotiators very soon uh, in fact there is a recording of a ransomware a conversation with the criminal where they're actually negotiating what to do and you know how much to pay and so on and so forth so with small businesses we have seen anywhere from 2 bitcoins to $5000 to 10000 to 50 100 you know all different ranges it depends upon the criminal right uh, it's again i always ask people to you know reflect back to real world petty crime to more sophisticated criminals right so the petty criminals will say yeah give me 500 or 1000 and get away with it but the more sophisticated ones want more so we kind of you know don't realize how the number of common elements of cyber and real world we just live in the cyber world in the digital world not even realizing that all this is can happen in in the cyber world too and not just in the real world so very very important so to answer your question um you know obviously the criminals want best return on their investment as i always say uh, i think normally what we have heard from our clients and other uh, people who we have dealt with is around the it starts around the 10 20 50000 mark and then goes upwards or downwards depending upon how how critical the breach is and rj who are the criminals is it you know kids in a garage in the ukraine is it kind of master criminals sitting in melbourne or sydney like who are these people yeah it's no more it's not it, those are gone are the days where kids want to just play around and 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 try different things it's it's organized crime right today so it is definitely organized crime spread all across the world very difficult to pinpoint yeah you know the government here pinpoints sometimes china and russia and uh, other countries but it's very to be honest it's extremely difficult to predict and and and, and pinpoint it's it's criminal organized crime criminals serious business 
they don't take this lightly it's like the drug business right it's it's a it's organized crime you can't build a drug drug business just you know you just come out of your garage and start it is it is purely organized right you know uh, they have systems they have you know networks they have all abilities to launch these attacks so they are very well trained and and getting more sophisticated by the day right so we shouldn't underestimate this a uh, lot of businesses say oh, i've never been hacked so you know and that's what worries me the most right you know small to medium businesses um assuming that it will not happen to them and then you know pushing the agenda forward and uh, or or pushing it out uh, and not taking action and highly i only hope that they don't wait for an attack to then make a make a decision on what to do right and that's the worst thing which could happen so the the criminals are out there systematically targeting business small and medium sized businesses are a target because they represent easy pickings uh we're dealing with criminals what can business do to protect themselves against the, each of those four each any cyber attack what what steps can i as a small business owner take that are effective yeah so i think the first thing to to acknowledge and realize is most businesses small to medium even some large for that matter they work on trust on the basis of trust so if a small business print industry 10 20 employees 50 employees everybody has this notion that okay it's you're working here in this business this business pays your salary you be loyal to this business we'll trust you and it's like a you know both way street right but unfortunately you know trust is fine but then if that same employee used the company's username and password the same combination to log into a subscription website somewhere which got breached and when i to answer your question what is the first step you can take is all about the thing i talk about is access control so who has access to what parts of your business right like if you have a office building and there are three keys you know you who you have given those three keys to right if there was a breach the first port of call is to go to those three people and ask hey did you get into the office right or what happened right so do you have a way to track that in the physical world same thing in the in the digital world if you don't know who has access to what things within your what digital equipment and and assets within your business if you had a hack you would you would be chasing your tail trying to find out who, who had that. so taking that example further i said don't leave the keys on the desk for the criminals to be able to you know get in when i say key the key to digital world is essentially your username and password it could be your email id and password or it could be admin and a password or it could be something else right so so step 1 is getting your access control in place knowing who has what access step 2 is you know that access control has to have a second factor so if you have a door and a lock you you use the key to unlock and you're entered right but imagine if you had a door and a lock you unlock the key and un- you use the key to unlock the door but there was a second factor to say you know put your fingerprint or you know retina to give you a second level of access to ensure it is you who's logging entering in same way in the digital world you have something we call it multi factor authentication so you get an sms notification from the provider saying you know 
enter these numbers to confirm it's you or you have an app which which logs in and says you know click here to say yes you are the one who's logging into the system so you have a second layer so even if your username and password was lost or compromised by a by a hacker there is a second layer of confirmation to actually gain access right and i can't emphasize enough to small to medium businesses how important this is this is more important than anything else like that one step of putting multi factor authentication most email providers like azure and office 365 and google offer this as part of their service it doesn't cost you a dime it's simple it's easy whether it's 10 employees 3 employees or 20 employees have that in place straight away right so you have one level you 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 are basically making it less difficult now for a hacker to gain access just using the username and password because there's going to be a second factor required uh, to be able to log in now they're talking about multi factor which is second and third factor so using multiple factors to to be able to log in and prove it is you right so that's step number 1 step number 2 there are number of things so obviously uh, uh, recycling your password so don't use the same password so we we ask our staff and our business and others to do at least 30 days if not 6 45 or 60 days so every 30 days uh, reset your passwords within our business we also have a policy that every 24 hours you have to re-log in to the system so you are aware you can log in and be logged in for perpetuity for the next 20 years and nothing happens and you know uh, hackers are coming in and going and you have no idea what's going on so every 24 hours it will force you to re-log in into the system so that we are making sure that it's the same person and you know that there's nobody compromise that so that's the second policy and these are some policies and procedures you can put in place then obviously you know training and awareness is the next thing so training and making staff aware about phishing emails not clicking on this links educating them of the different types of phishing emails like in the real world we tell our kids you know when you cross the road look left and right just don't run across you know it's it's essentially boils down to some basic common sense elements right uh, so training and awareness running some phishing simulations Uh, so you can hire a company to do that or there are online tools which you can learn yourself if you want to do it and run a phishing simulation yourself uh, send an email to a staff and see if they'll click and if they click what information they provide after that click and that gives you and then you can go to the staff and listen that was a phishing email this is how you should have identified that as a phishing email and not clicked on it and so on and so forth so so the next uh, next advanced control will be 24 by 7 monitoring detection and response so like how you have back to base alarm system security alarm systems for your offices and factories and homes you we call this the digital back to base alarm system for your computer networks right where you have somebody watching your network 24 by 7 365 days so if any of your security controls like access controls or password or someone has breached into your multi factor authentication and gained access to your systems at least then there is somebody monitoring it to then create an alert and an alarm to say hey do something about this and then help you you know mitigate that risk right and we see this happen 
day in and day out right and it's it's i can't emphasize enough how important it is to have some kind of monitoring detection and response uh, set in set in place for you to be able to uh, manage your security okay so with all those in place uh, rj how protected are you because uh, it seems that what what you're saying i guess the the, the one that the only one's going to cost any more real money is the is the last one there the back to base if we're using multi-factor authentication that Microsoft is providing, um, with all those five or six uh, protections in place, uh, is that a rock-solid protection, or are we still, uh, you know, at the mercy? Is someone still able to get in, or does that kind of cover ninety-five percent of possible attacks? And are cyber criminals like burglars? They'll walk past a house. If a house is heavily alarmed, they'll walk to the next one. Yeah. So unfortunately, no. So it's not ninety-five percent. It's not even fifty percent. Unfortunately, because that's your first line of defense, right? You know, it's like locking your front door. But if I can get through your front door, and I've got, like, I use this example. Like, let's say there's a retail store with three cash registers. They put a very strong perimeter, only access control in place. Nobody else. Only there are three people who can enter the building after it's locked. and everything is in and still someone gets in and all the cash registers are open you know they can take the money and walk out so the next layer of protection is you encrypt your hard drive you have endpoint detection so you imagine your cash register as an endpoint which is storing sensitive information so you need to do those levels of next levels of advanced uh, security in place right but what i was trying to say is there are few simple steps you can take to dissuade that hacker to be able to easily get in right if somebody puts their mind you know we have seen cases of you know uh, the australian government the defense forces everybody being hacked so nobody is immune to it you could have the highest level of security and still if somebody is determined to attack you they will they will find a way at the end of the day but what we are trying to do is to make that way so difficult that they get dissuaded and and they go on to the next person who's vulnerable because criminals don't operate like as if you know you're having a fight with a country and it's not a war as i said we have to understand the intent here right the criminal mind there is thinking how soon can i make money and get out right they they are not here to prove a point they want to make money and if you are a vulnerable target you know good luck for them that's what they're going to you know uh, utilize to their benefit right so we should not forget that element right so if you have made the entry itself difficult now and the next company next door has got everything open just tell me why will the criminal waste his time trying to get in obviously you know as i said depending upon your risk level and what business you run and what kind of sensitive information you store or what kind of information you're processing for your customers you need to take other levels of security quite seriously you can't just leave it at okay i've got my access control sorted uh, because some guy on a podcast said it's it's a great idea uh, i'm sorry but i was just trying to get get you and your listeners to start thinking about what are the some basic steps they can do themselves and then move on to other advanced uh, techniques right such as encrypting your your, your laptops uh doing there's another another concept called privileged access so you may give access control so as in 
you can enter the building but you only have privilege to access those parts of your computer network certain elements right so there's privileged access on top of access control uh there's encryption as i said there is something called data loss prevention right so if somebody is trying to exfiltrate data from your system there are tools which can tell you okay this data is being copied you know and you can stop it from happening if so you can put other types of controls on systems which are very critical right and that's how you you manage your level of security at different layers that makes perfect sense what you're saying rj so you initially the things you can do yourself they should be no brainers you should print businesses should be doing those because it's going to stop the casual opportunist cyber criminal from getting in when he can go next door if they've got nothing and then but really you need to you saying you need to ramp up your security with those data encryptions all those other things you talked about is that something that a print business small print business 10 20 50 people a couple of guys in prepress who are familiar with it can can do themselves or do they really need to be working with a, a, an IT, you know, a, a cyber security consultancy. Would it be much easier for them if they did that? I mean, how easy is it to implement this kind of level of security? So here I bring a distinction between IT security and cyber security. So IT security is all about implementing those controls, right? Which can be done by the IT experts. More or less, most of the tools are self-explanatory, self-configurable, and you can do it. Like, let's say you you get an Office 365 license. Most people assume that it is fully secure and they start sending emails and receiving emails. But there are a number of security configurations in the back which you need to go understand and switch that on. That the IT security teams can do. Where the cybersecurity guys come in places, they can advise you on what types of controls you need to put in place to protect your business. Right. So the cyber guys are the guys who are doing your governance, risk, compliance, monitoring, detection, response, doing your testing with making sure that you have the right controls in place. Right. They are not they are not necessarily the ones who are actually implementing the controls. Right. We need to create that distinction. So most of the print businesses may have an IT service provider already or in-house or external who they can request to perform these activities for them to build those basic controls. But where a cyber firm comes in, they are the ones who will test these controls for for robustness, for completeness, for meeting policy requirements, for standards and so on and so forth, right? That distinction has to be drawn. Otherwise, you can't collapse cyber and IT security into one bucket. Okay, terrific. Thanks for making that distinction clear. And, and actually, obviously, you're talking here, RJ, and I, Stickman, Stickman Cyber. What kind of services your company provide? So our business started off doing that initial assessment piece, right? So where we help companies assess their cyber risk, basically. But today, over the last 16 years, we offer something called cybersecurity as a service. So we become a partner of our comp- of our customers in helping them manage their entire cybersecurity end-to-end. That means we'll actually work with their IT provider, either internal or external, in ensuring they have the right controls in place. We provide the complete 24 by 7 monitoring, detection, and response. We have we build policy procedures, training awareness, we run the phishing campaigns. We run your compliance requirements, certification requirements, and do all of this. So we have a 
a subscription program called Stickman Cyber Unlimited Protection, which gives access to unlimited access to all our services to small to medium businesses at a small fee. So, you know, if any small business wants to start the journey, we offer a free consultation for them to have a chat with us, understand if they can do most of it themselves. Great. If there is an opportunity for us to help, we'll be more than happy to assist in any way possible. Okay, yeah, so it's like a, any subscription as a service. It's a kind of monthly fee for a monthly ongoing relationship, which sounds, which sounds yeah, that's a good way to go, obviously. Um, RJ, if, you know, I turn up for work on Monday morning, I'm the owner of a small, medium-sized print business, I turn up for work and I've got the evidence there's been an attack, someone's demanding a ransom or everything's been wiped out or it's, it's, everything's frozen... And I'm not with a cyber, you know, if I don't have someone on a monthly retainer like like Stickman Cyber, uh, what do I do? Where do I turn to? How do I begin to rectify or deal with the situation? What would your advice be to a printer who turns up for work and sees that on his screens? So so the Australian government has in, invested quite a bit uh, of uh, material and information for small to medium businesses. So there are different organizations, or Cyber is one of them, Australian Computer uh, Center uh, is another one. Uh, and there's heaps of information available for small to medium businesses. Uh, and they also have templates for creating your own incident response plans and stuff like that. Plus, recently they have even released a hotline for small to medium businesses to ring if they have nowhere to go. Right. Uh, so that's their first port of call, really. Right. Uh, to to either, you know, quickly find a laptop which connects to the net, download some information on ransomware and what to do next and what steps. So it's like a you've, you've met with an incident and now you need to know what steps to take. If they have no support at all, they can go to the Australian government websites and download. We have a lot of free resources on our website to which they can download. Uh, obviously, they can call us for a free consultation to start with. But if they don't know who we are, they can always call the Australian government uh, uh, helpline to get some initial support. But ultimately, they'll need somebody, you know, somebody capable to guide them through the process and and resolve this this matter so that they can exit the process. How important is it, and how much do you emphasize backing up? Is that is that something that a print business should be doing every day, every hour, every week? And and, it, and if so, where should they be backing up to? Should they be putting it onto a drive and putting it onto a USB stick and, and putting it in a drawer in the office or something? Uh, what's your advice there? Yeah. So I think it's a very, very pertinent, very important question because we recommend backing up uh, in real time, right? Uh, because can you afford to lose your last three hour emails, for example, right? So this is a business decision ultimately. Are you willing to lose your emails for the last 30 minutes uh, or your files, what you created in the last one hour, right? So it goes back to business decision so, and business risk. So we recommend real-time backups for our customers. And that's an IT function, not a cyber function. The cyber function will ensure that are you doing your backups to what has been defined by the business rules and policy. So we build the policy and we make sure that the IT guys are doing it. And the second part of your question is where to backup, right? It's again, very, very important and pertinent that your backups are completely segregated from your real-time production environment. Uh, 
because god forbid if you have a ransomware attack on your system nowadays the the criminals are also uh, encrypting your backup files limiting you from taking uh, restoring to your uh, standard uh, business so ensuring your backup is so segregated from the real systems what you use is so critical in in the success of dealing with the ransomware so as you said answering a second part of your previous question you walk in one monday morning and you find your laptops is all encrypted first port of call is at least before you make any phone calls call your it department or it provider and say hey do we have a backup can we restore yes or no that could be the easiest way to get back running but if your backup is also encrypted that's when you then go down your other parts of you know finding support from the australian government or they can they're free to call us too so. Okay, good, good to know. And really, well, that leads on to the next question. Obviously, print business owners are busy people. They, you know, they're chasing sales, they're dealing with IR issues, they're printing to deadlines. Most of them are, would be aware that cybersecurity is something they need to be thinking about. But I would think that too, for many of them, cybersecurity doesn't kind of ever make it to the top of the action list and get done because the next sale's got to happen or the next press breakdown's got to be dealt with. Um, what would you say to print business owners? They're working flat out. They've had a heck of a time for the past two years. They're working flat out to build their sales up again. How, how important is it for them to get to grips with cybersecurity and actually do something about it? Yeah, I, I completely empathize. Uh, we work with a number of small to biz, medium business, including startups, and the pandemic has crippled quite a few businesses over the last two years. Uh, Obviously, we try and extend our help and support as much as we can, uh, but we have also a business to run. But the answer goes back to the business owner, right? Uh, is a business willing to take another risk? They already had a pandemic hit, which hit their business. Do they want to have a cyber attack to further put their business at risk, right? Uh, so it's it's ultimately the business decision, right? You know, they I, I know business owners who say, well, you know, November, December is going to be quiet. Jan is going to be quiet. So I'll sign up in Feb, right? I hear this all the time, right? And then that's the time hackers are, you know, extremely active too, right? Because they know you're taking it easy. You're gone on your holiday and a break and you come back from a nice relaxed holiday knowing that, you know, either you've had a ransomware attack or a complete wipeout. Uh, I don't mean to be harsh in saying this, but, you know, it, we have to deal with the reality, right? You know, ultimately, this is happening. It's real. Businesses are going under. Insurance companies are not willing to insure businesses who don't have cyber protection in place. In fact, they're asking for more questions and more controls and demonstrating evidence of that. Uh, and then, you know, only then putting a premium value to it. Otherwise, the premiums are going up in insurance. The cost of business going up. You got to take a call, right? You know, and sometimes it may be worthwhile talking to the customer himself and saying, we have to increase our costs because cost of operation is increasing. And as a small business myself, I understand it's extremely difficult, but some the money has to come from somewhere, right? Somebody has to pay for it ultimately, right? So my my only humble recommendation is don't take it lightly. Don't assume that 
holiday period nothing will happen don't think you know you can get away with it you may get away with it if you get away with it happy for you but i don't want to be the one talking to a business who's been impacted and then trying to remediate issues after after the disaster which is more difficult and more expensive after it has happened yeah that's an interesting comment about insurance because as we know insurance drives many decisions um and if com- if your insurance company is has got a, a clause in your policy about cybersecurity and you haven't read it and you haven't got the cybersecurity you could be in all sorts of trouble from that angle and um, RJ first we could finish by by asking you we talked about the initial levels of protection that we can do ourselves with with the uh, access control the email update the the password updates that kind of thing and then when we bring in a company like yours stickman cyber and go on to a monthly plan is is that going to give us that rock solid cast iron protection that people if we're with a, a cyber security company they're doing their job properly we should be safe from cyber attack so so like anything in, in like i go to the doctor and say he, he gives me a set of tasks and medicines and i i ask the doctor are you sure that i'll live forever and be healthy forever it's the same question right you know we can we'll do everything to dissuade a hacker to hack and if 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 they find a way we'll do everything to stop that attack and if they still are successful we'll do everything to 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 take that incident response respond to that attack and bring you back up online right but the key message here is that yes you build a strong foundation it's like whether you're you're putting up a tent for four people or you put you're building a sky rise for 4000 people the foundation has to be strong right because both the tent and the sky rise can be can crumble and be blown away by a strong wind right if the foundation is not good enough right all what we are doing is building that strong foundation which dissuades hackers from making you the target because as i said i go back to my initial comment these criminals don't want to waste time they are here they want return on their investment which is mainly their time and they will go after the vulnerable right yeah and and then if we if we have been backing up in real time then even if everything is destroyed the business that's been backed up should be able to be restored shouldn't it absolutely absolutely and and we have seen businesses who didn't have those backups had to go two weeks back into the backups so they lost two weeks worth of data some even one month because backups also need to be tested please don't forget that because you you can say oh i have backed up real time but you need a process called backup testing to test whether the backup is actually <laughs> backed up correctly or not well, many people find though the backup was corrupted and we didn't know right so yeah it it's it, unfortunately there is no magic bullet i wish there was one uh, but there is none but uh, what we can do the real bullet there is to you know uh, hate to say this but bite the bullet and build that strong foundation uh, so that you know when somebody is trying to attack you again i take an real life example there is somebody coming walking towards you and there are two people the attacker wants to attack one or the other you know the one is a let's say a bodybuilder very strong looking and and tough and the other one is weak and you know obviously the criminal wants to you know hit that person to steal his money or wallet right 
because that's probably he knows my return on investment will be better there than trying to take on the big guy right so so it's 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 really simple at the end of the day right the concepts are simple you know it's a matter of take making that call and saying yeah i know this is important this is serious we got to do something about it and not wait for getting hit and then trying to build that muscle aj it's been uh, an illuminating uh, conversation uh, frightening of course I and mean, there was but but, but uh, also encouraging because it seems that we as print business owners any small business owners can take action that will uh, at least save our business and and, and highly likely protect it uh, which has been great to hear so uh, i just want to say thanks so much for coming into the podcast it's been great to have you here thank you Thank you very much. Um, I think we've all heard, haven't we, that cybersecurity is crucially important and it's not something that should languish at the bottom or near the bottom of the to-do list. Cyber attacks on print businesses, small, medium, large, are a real possibility. And the potential, if you haven't been backing up or for other reasons, can be devastating. You can connect with AJ, who does provide a consultancy business, uh, as he's indicated, through Stickman Cyber, www.stickman.com.au. That's it for this episode of The Print Files, the industry's print podcast from Print21. Thanks to RJ Uno for uh, for being here. Uh, And uh, we look forward to your company for the next episode in the Smart Business Series for the print industry. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.